This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. That yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far-left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Friday, January 26th. It's Matt's birthday! (laughs) I even typed it up there so I wouldn't forget to mention it and just torment you because that's kind of how I am sometimes. Uh, This is episode 147. (laughs) <laughs> it's always going to be 147. 191. 191. Nine away from the 200 mark. Holy fuck sticks. Still haven't decided what we're going to do for that. Maybe nothing. I don't know. We'll probably end up doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we'll do an AMA or something. I don't know. Uh, no. But, uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> well, they can ask anything. We don't yeah, have to true. necessarily answer anything. Uh... I, I'm your bearded ginger host, Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. Duffy. Oh. <laughs> Ryan Doofy. <laughs> I'm Ryan Doofy. That's who I am. And, and Matt's in studio with us again tonight. <laughs> Yay, it's his birthday. <laughs> and we're joined in studio by Mr. Uh, Kevin Newman. Hi. How Thanks are you, for sir? having me. I'm, I'm well. Yeah? Yeah. It's really good to have you in here. Thank you. Give Grant a break. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, it's, doing the show is getting to him. I think he was in for four episodes in a row. At least, yeah. yeah. There was a few, yeah. He's so, fucking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. contact him at the last minute for anything. He's like, sure, I'll be there. He's super helpful, wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show so much in the in the recent history of the show, Grant. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we wouldn't want to take him. For granted. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Tonight we have a very awesome interview that we've already done. You're going to hear it here in just a minute with- uh, why spoil it then? Well, I'm not spoiling it. I'm just- You're trying to- I'm hyping it, man. Now you're ruining how we record the show. I'm hyping- Should I keep expectations low? It's a fucking terrible interview. (laughs) You're going to hate it. And then they'll they'll listen. They're like, that wasn't bad at all. I really liked that interview. (laughs) <laughs> say we're looking forward to our interview. Got to manage no. expectations. Uh, no, we, we interviewed uh, Sarah Ponto Rivera and Shalice Blythe from the yes. Satanic Temple. And the Gray Faction. And Gray Faction. Not, what's the, what's the term? I'm, fuck. Respective, not, not respectively speaking, I had those reversed. So Sarah, they're both members and contributing Big time council peoples, yes, and stuff for the Satanic Temple. But uh, Sarah, I hope this show doesn't sound too scripted, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> overproduced. Uh, Sarah, Sarah Sarah is uh, the director for Gray Faction, uh, which is an initiative uh, of the Satanic Temple taking on really shitty mental health professionals uh, and trying to fight back some of the bullshit that led us to things like the satanic panic. Uh, It's really awesome interview. I had a great time talking to both of them 
and learned a bunch and yeah. just, they were fantastic. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think everybody else mm-hmm. will too. That'll take up pretty much the bulk of the show. We've got yeah. some stuff for our Patreon listeners. You'll, you'll learn a bit more about, uh, Shalise's appearance on the Jim Jeffrey show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't watched the episode of, uh, the Jim Jeffrey show with Shalise on it, you should watch that before you listen to the Patreon portion of the show because it's pretty fucking funny. So without any further ado, we'll just move on to the interview. We'll see you on the other side. Hi, this is James Hubert, author of Kissing Hex Ass, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Look, I'll be honest. Some of us in the West don't actually believe in religion. We just pretend to in order to convince a bunch of halfwits to vote for us. You and the Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. Okay, on the line we are joined by Shalice Blythe and Sarah Ponto Rivera, both members of the Satanic Temple and filling in in lieu of Lucian Greaves this evening, who was unable to join us. Apparently there was an emergency that he was called away for. I'm I'm hoping that it was to attend or record something with a much larger audience than this show so that all of more more people can hear uh all this great stuff about the Satanic Temple and Grey Faction. Uh, I I'm not in, entirely sure what the circumstances yeah, I, were. I think but... I heard he's going on the 700 club tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's just staying home. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I mean it could be it could just be that it's a Friday and he's like, "Fuck, I don't want to fucking hang out with these guys on a Friday night. I've been doing other shit all week." <laughs> I um, think they're going to have their their uh their biggest numbers of viewers and on the 700 club. <laughs> <laughs> but he will be joining us for a, for an episode sometime in the near future. Uh, we're going to try to schedule that right around either just before, or I think I would probably prefer to have him on just after the ISS TD mm-hmm. uh, to talk mm-hmm. about how things actually went during the, the conference or convention uh, and, and how that all shook out. That'd be a lot of fun. But this evening, we're very excited to have Sarah and Shalise on the show with us. So uh, let's start with Shalise. Um, for those people who may not know you, who have never heard the show or heard us sing your praises because you're fucking awesome, tell us a little you bit about yourself. You are fucking awesome. Aw, <laughs> So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Shalise Blythe. I am the uh, currently the National Director for the After School Satan Club, and uh, I am the former chapter head for the Utah chapter of the Satanic Temple, um, which uh, closed its doors back in 2017. But uh, since then, I've been, uh, I took over the, um, the After School Satan Club on a national level, and I've also been working with uh, Great Faction for quite a few years now. Um, I, I got started there, I think, even before... I even got a chapter, so that's that's kind of where my focus is, um, both uh, on uh, you know those main two projects. Fantastic! And you are now living in Arizona somewhere. Yeah, I'm uh, currently in Tucson for the moment. You flew the coop. You left Utah. You abandoned us all to <laughs> to work things out on our own and moved to sunny Arizona. Uh, we've missed yeah. you here for sure. 
I've missed you guys too. Hopefully I can make it down there uh, in the next couple months. Woohoo! We would love to have you on the show in studio if you're available. Uh, or oh, just go yeah. hang out and have a couple beers with you, whatever. Um, at least five. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself, Sarah. Uh, yeah, my name's Sarah Ponte Rivera, and I have been working with um, TST really since... Uh, since its inception um, on our Gray Faction project. Um, and uh, I also um, am a former member of the National Council um, and uh, have stepped down uh, just recently to, to be more involved with Gray Faction. Um, it's, it's definitely a passion project of mine um, that is geared towards uh, challenging and fighting um, pseudoscience within uh, the mental health field and um, uh, and our our involvement I think is very relevant to um, our satanic um, grounding that that brings us to a to a place of challenging the the satanic panic that happened within the 80s and 90s and how it's evolved uh, within the mental health field and uh, so over over the last several years, I've been involved with um, with uh, gathering research and data to um, to uh, capture what historically the satanic panic looked like, um, what it looked like, and and where it hid within the mental health field, and and how it's rebranded and and where it is today. And so uh, my involvement has been it's been heavily heavily. Um, with gray faction, um, but, uh, sprinkled throughout, uh, supporting TST as well. Fantastic. I, I think it's very admirable what, what, uh, gray faction is and is doing. Can you, uh, tell the listeners a little bit more about gray faction? Yeah. So, uh, gray faction really started, uh, as a, as a pet project for Lucian Greaves and I, uh, we met, prior to TST's inception and uh, we're, we're kind of uh, aligned through our passion for um, science-based mental health care and, uh, and challenging um, charlatans within the mental health field. And, um, and so through that um, we've uh, been collecting information about um, the satanic panic of the eighties and nineties. And, um, and what that looks like is, uh, was a, a cultural phenomenon that happened within the U S um, that really started. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of perspectives on how it, how it began, but I think, um, there was definitely a religiosity, um, uh, push in, um, challenging uh, the changes within um, the cultural shift within the U.S. Um, there are some perspectives that uh, feminism also brought about the the satanic panic as well um, as uh, women were were going to the to the work um, to the workforce and uh, putting their kids into daycare. And there's um, some some theories that that also sparked. Um, that also sparked the satanic panic uh, within the daycare scares. Um, things like uh, the Fran and Dan Keller case, um, 
uh, which um, that's a couple who, who owned a daycare and they were put in prison for over 20 years um, for some just really fucking crazy um, narratives that were, that were guided um, that guided uh, children um, from uh, from police and um, social workers and such to to uh, to make these uh, allegations um, against them. And uh, recently, they just got out of prison um, and were exonerated uh, and also paid by the state um, a lump sum of several million dollars um, for for their time in prison. Which you know when uh, when you think about how uh, 20 plus years of your life gone, um, because there were, um, people who believed, um, that you were, you were satanically abusing, uh, children. It's, it's pretty, um, remarkable. Uh, but I digress on that, on that case. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so, so the satanic panic, um, that was not only, um, sparked by, TV shows um, like um, uh, Oprah and um, uh, Geraldo, Geraldo Geraldo Rivera. I love him and I love his stupid fucking mustache. But he (laughs) he was like he was he was one of the the biggest uh, proponents to to regurgitate this this ritual abuse narrative. Um, And. and so there was a culture shift, um, a fear about the unknown, this underground satanic ritual um, community that was, you know, a million plus strong. And um, and it could be your bank teller or your next door neighbor who is a Satanist um, and and you would never know it. They're they're so secretive, and that's that's where this um, conspiracy um, grew from. And so, um, jumping forward to today, uh, it's 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 hard to think that 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 mindset would be here in in 2018. That that people believe that there's an underground satanic organization, uh, but when you look back. At, uh, at the people who were the proponents of this narrative, of this cultural narrative, um, of this witch hunt uh, of, uh, of, of Satanists, um, that those were police officers, doctors, nurses, social workers, psychologists, um, and, and many of those people are still practicing today within their field and, and they have this belief system and, um, and we uh, who maybe were as involved, but maybe witnessed it, maybe we're, uh, we're growing up um, in the eighties and, and playing D and D and, and experiencing uh, all of this pushback from, um, from that. Uh, But now today it's, it's hard to believe that there are so many practice practicing um, uh, professionals who who were invested in that ideology, who still have an investment in it today, um, but are are significantly less public about it, but are as equally as harmful um, about it. And so, um, and so, we really hone in on the mental health um, aspect of 
of that within gray faction. We, we look at where mental health practitioners were, uh, were, they were really the, the validators of the satanic panic narrative. They were the voice, um, to, uh, to be the evidence, um, giving, uh, testimony within within legal cases that there were uh, underground organized sa- uh, satanic um, uh, communities within your neighborhood or within your town um, that were uh, raping and murdering and there were no bodies there were um, there was no evidence of, of any of this um, and so it was all it was all perpetuated within uh, or a majority of it was perpetuated within the mental health field. And so um, we we really hone in today on on how that's evolved um, and how how people are being impacted um, by the ideology that has been rebranded. Um, and and how we can um, how we can really set a higher standard and challenge and and fight against the pseudoscience within the mental health field and within licensed um, practicing fields. Yeah, it seems like that's a really uphill climb. Uh, I've seen a few posts that Lucian has made about it on, on behalf of Gray Faction, talking about some of the things that they've tried to do in holding these mental health quote unquote professionals uh to account for some of the things that they've said and done uh what what types of things does gray faction do in order to expose uh the quackery that's going on in a lot with a lot of these mental health quote unquote professionals well we have been have been working on on several pro- projects over the year so um one is is through performance art. Um, we have been challenging uh, one of the biggest organizations um, who perpetuate these conspiracy theories of satanic ritual abuse, um, and uh, it's it's called the International Society for the Study of Trauma and Disso- Disassociation. So the ISSTD, uh, and they are. Um, they are an organization that's rebranded over and over uh, again. Um, Lucian and I did a presentation uh, several years ago about um, how they've rebranded um, and where it's brought them today. But um, we are, are um, have been consistently doing protests outside of their conferences, um, which are, are just full of, of just outrageous um, and, and almost unbelievable uh, topics that, that these uh, licensed mental health professionals are are talking about. Um, yeah, I people remember. who have PhDs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that are are talking about um, about uh, essentially like Manchurian candidate uh, narratives that that people can be mind controlled in a way um, to create dissociative identity disorder um, formerly known as multiple personality disorder or 
Um, I, I attended the uh, International Society for the Study of Trauma and Dissociations uh, conference um, in 2014. And uh, I sat through a, a presentation um, by a, a, a person who has a fucking PhD. And she was talking about how one of her patients um, was uh, allegedly ritually abused by a lizard alien oh. who, uh, <laughs> who, um, who uh, every Thursday would meet this woman at, uh, at, at a harbor and, and take her to outer space to be ritually abused. You know, it's, it's, it's fucking absurd. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really absurd yeah. stuff. Um, but it's also, it's absurd, but then there's also like borderline absurd that, um, that also makes it really confusing um, to some people. And I think that um, someone from the outside who uh, a, a skeptical person, a person who, who, um, who is opposed to charlatans and, and pseudoscience uh, and maybe even someone who would be, who would be a, a person who is a supporter or an ally of TST um, who could see that what Gray Faction is doing is being really dense um, and, and almost pass over it uh, just because there's a lot of factors that go into it. One, we're challenging uh, licensed mental health professionals who have been practicing for many years. Um, but uh, so I think that already gets into some to some uncharted territory that maybe people don't feel comfortable with. Um, but we're also uh, looking at their history and and the bullshit that they've been saying for so long, um, and uh, and maybe that history is a little bit hard to digest as well. But when what it boils down to is charlatanism within within the mental health field with um, with uh, that's guided by pseudoscience that has been repeatedly debunked. Um, and challenged and and is so fucking absurd that um, that really anybody in their right minds would be um, mortified to know that any vulnerable mental health patient would be in their care. Um, and and also um, an organization that maybe has some people who are neutral on some of these topics. Um uh, they should be as mortified by those people as well because they're unwilling to, to, to speak up against um, the dangerous practices um, within, within the organizations um, or, to, um, or to, to, to be a voice of, of reason um, and, and to, into channeling a conversation to, to better the the overall philosophies of mental health care. Hey, everybody, it's X from the Utah Outcasts podcast and YouTube channel, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. You're free to go, Father. These men won't bother you anymore. May God bless you, comrades. Hey, Father. You know why Jesus wasn't born in the West? Enlighten me, detective. Because they couldn't find three wise men or a virgin. That's enough. I will pray for you, detective. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. When Lucian was last here in Utah, he came and spoke at, uh, not uh, Weber State. 
Utah, Utah State. State University. Utah State, yep. And uh, Ryan and I drove up there and recorded it and visited with him for a little bit. And part of his presentation included, I believe it was uh, audio taken at one of the ISS TD conferences. Yes. The guy with the nose issue, was that what it well, was? Yeah, just touching your face your in face. general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was Neil Brick at a, at our survivorship conference. So, uh, so, yeah, not to interrupt you, but oh, to to kind of give you some backstory and and to kind of give you a little bit. Uh, sometimes I go on rants about uh, passionately about the ISSTD, and and I and I forget that people listeners could uh, could maybe have um, an <laughs> education disconnect. And so, okay, so the ISSTD. Um, has been around since uh, I think 1982, uh, and was formed by um, practitioners, um, uh, uh, psychoanalytic practitioners who um, who believe that memory can be repressed um, uh, subconsciously, and that traumatic memories can be um, can be repressed to a point of which you could be living your whole life and and completely repress a memory that was so traumatic um, that only through therapy those memories were able to be recovered. And so, um, uh, memory science. Um, totally refutes that that theory that's a that's a theory that's a uh, a theory that a lot of um you know uh psychologists that you would learn about in psych 101 um young and um and freud and uh and so on like though that's an that's an ideology that you would learn about but really the the philosophy um doesn't doesn't hold up with the science of of, of memory, um, and so you would think um, you would think memory science would um, would impact an organization solely based on on um, on a, a philosophy of memory repression, but it um, but it it doesn't. Uh, this organization's been around for so long, um, and and those ideologies are still being taught as. Um, as uh, the reality for the way that our, our memory works. Um, and so with that, um, a lot of, a lot of social and cultural impacts, um, develop what, uh, what a therapist can say they are recovering from uh, a client's memory. So they use practices, um, like memory regression, hypnosis, um, there is, uh, there was a big fad in the eighties and nineties of using amytal, um, sodium amytal, uh, which is also known as the truth serum. Um, and so they would drug patients, uh, and we have evidence of not only adult patients, but children, um, with sodium amytal and then, uh, and then ask them questions, um, leading questions and coercive um, guided questions in a way to develop this narrative. And then oftentimes uh, they would record that sodium amytal interview and then play it back for them and say, well, if this wasn't a repressed memory, uh, why would you say it? Um, and now um, hindsight uh, 2020, we are, we're able to know that um, through evidence um, of of research on sodium amytal interviews that people are highly suggested, um, 
highly suggestive within their within their interviews that um, they'll say what what their coach to say um, and and also let lie within um, those those interviews. So um, very questionable techniques within this philosophy of uh, repressed memory. And so this ideology and um, within the uh, within organizations who who hold this um, this true, um, such as the ISSTD, um, they uh, create new practices and and uh, and share information about their patients. Um, and this is very tied to um, multiple personality disorder or dissociative identity disorder. Um, and uh, the the uh, grounding for the development of multiple personality disorder when it was um, put into the DSM many years ago um, was that memories could be repressed to a, so so many traumatic memories could be repressed that could fragment um, a personality and develop multiple personalities. Um, there is a lot of evidence um, to to challenge this philosophy, um, and a lot of evidence um, through patients who've who've gone under um, DID treatment um, or multiple personality treatment, um, depending on what what case you're looking at and what time period you're looking at, um, of of people who were who were coerced, who were vulnerable, vulnerable, who who were seeking mental health care for um, for reasons that were, um, were very valid, um, but, uh, and, uh, and normal, um, and they were led to an even more unhealthy state, um, mental health state, um, and physical state that was absolutely just fucking dangerous. And, um, and so we, we really challenge the ISSTD for that. So, um, <laughs> I told you I go on just, just <laughs> uh, obvious reasons. And so, uh, so sur- survivorship, fucking Neil Brick. Um, so Neil oh, yeah, Brick, okay. oh God. So Neil Brick, um, Neil Brick is a, a licensed mental health counselor and he believes that, um, that he is a uh, mind-controlled uh, Illuminati assassin. Um, well, but this guy's also she's not, a, she's a not therapist. Being facetious. He literally no. claims to be this. While he's also yeah. a, a licensed clinical therapist. Yeah, he treats, he treats patients. Yeah, oh, he, treats, he, he treats patients and and when he, he should treats, be one. <laughs> he treats patients and he treats patients for DID as well. Um, and so we have someone who. Um, you know, let's let's just pretend that everything that all the digressions I've gone on in the last <laughs> however long uh, were not real. Let's let's pretend that, and let's just pretend that Neil Brick was treating patients, and he believes that he is a is a mind controlled um, Illuminati assassin. So that means he he believes he's murdered people, um, yeah. and he's also publicly said that he's raped people. Oh. Jesus. So, and, and he's raped people because he was mind controlled to a point in where he couldn't control his behavior. Oh, uh, so, and, so he's and running, and running he's for also, Senate. <laughs> yeah, and so he's also said that that uh, uh, these these were triggered and by emotional situations, and I don't know. It's it's 
the the absurdity and the dangerous um, case for for Neil Brick, I think, is is not one that I have to hit hit too hard on. But he um, uh, we wrote a, a letter and kind of going back to to what we do, kind of how how all this started. <laughs> we we um, one one action that we do is uh, we write letters to to licensing boards with with dangerous. Um, where we feel are dangerous mental health professionals. Neil Brick is one of those mental health professionals that we find uh, as, as not being um, of sound mind. Um, and so we shared quotes from his uh, presentations where he's publicly said that he was ritually abused um, and mind controlled to a point of, of murdering and raping people and that we feel he's probably not very fit to, to be practicing and be treating people in a vulnerable, in a vulnerable state. Uh, It took about a year for the licensing board to get back to us. And they said, um, he also believes that he um, has multiple personality disorder. I I failed to mention that. And so they wrote back and said that uh, his symptoms of of, uh, multiple personality disorder or DID um, uh, are not present at this time and that they don't feel that uh, he is a risk to, to patients and that he's fit to practice, which they completely ignored um, the accusations um, that he's put against himself of, of raping and murdering. So there, there are two problems here. One, uh, a licensing board could completely um, ignore a mental health professional, a licensed mental health professional who, who, who publicly states that they've raped or murdered. Um, And if, if they don't believe that Neil Brick has raped or murdered someone, um, then he, and he's publicly stated that he's committed these crimes, then that means that he's probably not mentally fit to be practicing. Mm -hmm. So they've either, they've either ignored crimes heinous crimes or they've ignored a mental health problem and and that i think really highlights the root of what gray faction um is trying to to share this is a a a satanist problem and and this is a community problem as well uh one satanists are being misrepresented Really misrepresented. Yeah. Really uh, badly maligned, sir. Really, yeah. <laughs> and and they're being fucking uh, and 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 communities are being torn apart by uh, by pseudoscience because if you can't if you can't have accurate mental health care, um, how how can we rely on any any um, community to be able to to support the most vulnerable people? Uh, and and I think that. Um, with that, a lot of people should be should be uh, impassioned by what Gray Faction is doing. So, so we're writing letters to licensing boards. We're also protesting at uh, at conferences and collecting information from conferences, from uh, pseudo scientific conferences as well. Um, and Chalisa, I'm going to let you kind of maybe talk a little bit about some of the the things at the ISSTD conference that are coming up. Um, uh, maybe some of the um, <laughs> what is the what did she call the, the, it the fun uh, times the, the fun times the uh oh the uh the, the stuff we uh get to look forward to seeing them uh talk about 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> why? Why are words not coming to me? Uh, because trauma. it's Friday. It's the end of the week. We we. Oh we... yeah, fetal fetal trauma. So um, okay. So um, as as Sarah mentioned, you know, we um, the ISSTD they they hold conferences um, every year. Is it biannual or is it just the end? No, it's it's annual. Mm-hmm. And um, they invite people from all over to speak at these conferences, and a lot of the times. It's uh, it's your main players, the people that uh, you know we know to be uh, you know pushing the the pseudoscience, you know SRA claims, um, SRA standing for satanic ritual abuse, um, you know, and its ties to disassociative identity disorder and mind control and Illuminati and all that stuff. And then they also invite other people who may or may not know about the. Um, the kind of things that are being pushed by this, you know, they, they are off, you know, the, this, this organization offers continuing education credits. And that's one of the, that's one of the dangers of having, um, you know, these guys uh, continue to fly under the radar because, um, you know, they invite these people to come talk about stuff like uh, fetal trauma. So this is the idea that um, while you are still in the womb, you can experience trauma and that in turn affects you later in life. And, um, you know, shit like that. Mm-hmm. So you have people who push stuff like that. Um, and then you also have your, um, you know, the, the, the tried and the, the tried and true, not, I, I say tried and true, not because it is true, but just, you know, <laughs> the, the main you know, the, the main talking points every year of, you know, the SRA, MPD, DID. Um, and, and let me stop you there. The kid uh, so, tested mother so the approved fetal... talking points. <laughs> <laughs> the fetal trauma, the fetal trauma narrative is not, it's not uh, physical trauma, so to speak. This is like emotional trauma that they're saying that a fetus can experience. So, it's uh, prenatal, preverbal, and preschool trauma, and subsequent development of dissociation. So they relate it. They relate it to how this trauma can lead to, uh, you know, lead to events of dissociation later in life. So you could. So so in in lieu of this of this philosophy um, that is this Eileen. Eileen Avini, she's the one who uh, who presents on on um, on the prenatal. Maybe I, maybe I'm. I've got uh, Fran Waters. Fran, that's who it is. Yeah. Fran Waters. So so Fran um, Fran Eileen, she's the monarch. I'll get to her in a, in a mm-hmm. little bit. So Fran, uh, she talks about the prenatal um, prenatal trauma. So imagine a, a, a fetus or an embryo is able to, um, to experience some time of some type of an emotional trauma. And that's going to stick with them until their adulthood, when Fran can come in and, and do some some therapy with them, uh, and and recover these memories, um, that she is going to be able to, um, to, to treat someone for years on, uh, and, uh, and create this, this opportunity, um, to one, uh, reduce someone, uh, to a fetus is essentially what she's doing. She's saying that you are nothing than what, than what this, uh, supposed, um, trauma that you, emotional trauma that you experienced as, um, as a nonverbal, uh, partial human. Um, and, and, uh, 
And I think that that's just fucking absurd. Like how uh, there's no evidence to, to support that, that someone None. could experience yeah. psychological trauma with, while they're, while, while they're in utero. Um, but then also um, for uh, someone who uh, is practicing with vulnerable people um, uh, for them to uh, assume that, and then also be able to present at an international uh, organization who is rep, uh, recognized by the American Psychological Association, um, who who can just share share these these ideas without any mm-hmm. kind of, of evidence. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably one of the things that concerns me most about the the ISSTD conference is that you know real science based. Uh, practitioners of uh, for for promoting good mental health in people, they can get continuing credits for attending this unironically. Like they, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, it, it's not no, that they're yeah, going it's, there it's to okay. see what the wackadoos on on the fringes of the science are yeah. saying. It's you know this is this is being promoted as generally acceptable throughout the mental health field. Yeah. Or it's uh, or it's promoted as being the the hot new thing, you know. Oh, we've discovered this, and we want to tell you all about our amazing discovery. And that's it's fucking dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous, especially since um, yeah, they do. So people who you know go in and they're looking to you know learn more, or you know they have to do their continuation credits every year, uh, and they go there and they learn this and. You know, why would they think to not trust that if they're if they're recognized, um, you know, by by these other by these other organization as being organizations as being legitimate? I mean, why would they question it? So, um, you know, and, and the harm comes in when it when these people take that and they apply it to their patients. And, and you know, we have so many survivor stories of people who have been subjected to these um, narratives in their therapy and if they've come out of it being actually abused by that therapy, or I, I say therapy mm-hmm. in quotation marks because that's not what they're receiving. They're getting abused. And, um, you know, we have, um, we have many cases of that. Many people who have come to us with their stories. Um, and, you know, we also have, uh, you know, it, it could also lead to, you know, maybe a death of a patient or somebody, you know, lead, somebody causing the death of, you know, um, somebody, which we saw, which we see in the Jude Mira case, which, um, you know, and, and speaking of petitions, uh, you know, that, that Sarah had mentioned earlier, we have another, we have another petition out uh, in regards to Ellen Lachter. Actually, no, we, we, we got a response back, which is bullshit in itself, but um, you know, we, we made, uh, we made the licensing boards aware of this woman called, uh, named Ellen Lachter. She's based in California and she, um, she's one of those people that openly promotes her, um, her belief in the existence of satanic cults, um, brainwashing. Uh, she believes in satanic ritual abuse. Um, you can find this all on her website. It's not, it's not hard to find and it's not hard to know what, what she believes and she uh, applies this to her therapy. And so uh, her name was Gigi Jordan. And she was, um, she had a son who was severely autistic, nonverbal, um, you know, extreme case. And she uh, was, was going all over the country seeking, seeking help for her son's autism. She was going to different doctors. She was seeking out just these crazy, you know, new treatments that weren't doing anything. 
And somewhere along the line, she started claiming that her son's autism had nothing to do with, uh, you know, the genetic defect, um, that it was actually being caused by satanic ritual abuse. And that he, um, you know, he was disassociating, he was, you know, doing all this, and then they were using this defunct method of uh, facilitated communication. Um, you know, she, her, you know, she, of course, not being an expert in this, but I guess she found it on the internet or somehow found out how to, you know, do something like that. So she was using that and saying that her son was communicating to her that, you know, oh, the, um, you know, the, the babysitters were satanically ritually abusing him and, and all that stuff. So at, at one point, uh, down the road, she was evaluated by Ellen Lachter and, after this, um, I don't I, I don't remember exactly the timeline, but it was it was after she had um, been evaluated by Ellen Lachter that she um, ended up murdering her son. And uh, she gave him a combination of uh, what was it, vodka and, and uh, various pills. And uh, I think evidence also suggests that she tried smothering him as well. And she considered it a mercy killing. Felt so strongly in in this idea of you know her son being satanically ritually abused and also having seen a mental health professional who did nothing to dissuade her of that. Um, you know, it could be argued that she maybe reinforced it, but at the very least, we know she did nothing to dissuade her of this. And so, old son. And so this is why, you know, this is why we feel it's really important that people like this are, you know, that we make people aware that they exist and that they are pushing this onto their patients and that they're contaminating, you know, the, you know, this, um, this field with their nonsense, because, you know, an eight year old's dead. And, you know, and, and on top of that, there are survivors of various therapists who adhere to the same, um, the same narrative and they come out of it telling, uh, telling us, or, you know, they've, they've come out before, you know, we, we even existed just about how they were, they were drugged, they were coerced. They, you know, they came out of it just having their lives absolutely destroyed um, because of this. And none of it was ever true. Yes. They made me believe this was true at the time, but now that my head's clear, now that I'm no longer under the thumb of these um, therapists, None of it was true. This is Phil Ferguson of the cleverly titled The Phil Ferguson Show. And thank God you're listening to The Godless Revolution. The mystery of Nikita's killer is confounding to us because nothing seems to make sense. Problem? We're thinking like Romanians. And we should be looking at this situation from the other side, through the prism of the American. The United States was founded in 1776 by a bunch of rich, greedy white men who didn't want to pay their taxes. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. And when a, a mental health professional can can really um, play the the authority figure within uh, a patient's life. That is something that um, if they aren't able to bring about accurate and healthy mental health care, uh, that it's going to be 
there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be a dangerous situation for that vulnerable patient. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's that's a really heavy burden for all of us to bear because the how rampant mental health problems are within um, within just the United States and and across um, across internationally. I think that if we can't um, rally behind having accurate mental health care. Um, it's, this is, as I said before, this is an issue that is, that is everyone's problem. Um, and, and as, um, Chalice had, had, had highlighted, you know, we, we know of one child who is, who has been murdered because of this. Um, and one child is enough for us to say that's more than enough. enough. Yeah. Uh, and, and the people who we know, Jeanette Bartha, um, she was a victim of, of one of the founders of the ISSTD. Um, she was drugged, coerced, um, and, uh, and, and went through years of, of really heinous mental health care um, that she ended up suing and, and winning um, a, a lawsuit over or, or getting some, some, some of, of um, reimbursement for the treatment that she was under. Uh, Roma Hart. Uh, she was also a victim, nearly died in, in the care of, um, of Colin Ross, um, where he uh, um, heavily drugged her. And um, uh, also, uh, she, she alleges that several, um, several people, um, while she was inpatient um, under Colin Ross's care, uh, many, I think she... She she stated publicly that twelve people that she knows of committed suicide mm. under Colin Ross's care. Um, so wow. we know that we know that there is a history of not only um, manipulation um, uh, and abuse of power within organizations like the ISSTD, and that these um, these forms of treatment um, are are um, prone to. Um, abuse of power and dangerous practices. Um, but we know that there are victims um, and, and Colin Ross has a history of victims. Even uh, even uh, the hospital that he was treating at just several years ago, a patient committed suicide within, within their care. And um, under his guidance, uh, uh, and, and that's something that we we feel very strongly about and, and we feel that um, shouldn't be disregarded. And, uh, and the ISSTD is a proponent um, for satanic panic narratives, but, um, but for really fucking bad practices that harm people, that harm children, that harm adults who are vulnerable and, and um, any organization um that uh, that is that harmful um, to um, to sound science and to sound um, mental health practices. We're going to um, be disrupting and uh, and and cause, calling for action. Yeah, and I really appreciate that. I think that's fucking awesome that you guys are doing it. I can't imagine having somebody mow my lawn if they told me that they had murdered and raped people, let alone <laughs> yeah. know my deepest, darkest secrets and try to help me with my own mental health. Like, does does this guy actually have active patients who come and see him? Or, I mean, how do his mm-hmm. Illuminati handlers feel about him doing that? 
and speaking out about it, you know, yeah. he, he yeah. is very vocal about his, about his, uh, his mind controlled programming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. From, from what we know, he has patience. He, he practices in Ma- Massachusetts and Massachusetts licensing board feels that, that he is, he's sound to, 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 um, to treat people. And oh, really what we found um, is that you have to fuck your patient to, to get your license revoked. Sometimes that's, not that's, even then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we even, man, you know what? It's really burnt me up this whole week. Uh, is uh, <laughs> what's really burnt you up this whole week, Sarah? <laughs> fucking. Uh, so we we we've been doing uh, some some Freedom of Information Act request on some of the presenters at the ISSTD conference, and uh, and Paul, Doctor Paul Dell, um, he was reprimanded, only reprimanded for restraining a patient and then laying on top of her or him um, mm-hmm. to to create an ab reaction um, and elicit emotional repressed um, uh, trauma or emotions and and she or he uh if you could just imagine um that your that your doctor says well i'm gonna i'm gonna restrain you so that we can we can elicit some some repressed trauma and, and then i'm just gonna they, put the tip in just the tip yeah just yeah. the tip uh and so and then i think that this is also uh, i could i could go on about feminism as well but this is like this is a women's problem as well, because most of the mm-hmm. victims of, of this are women. Um, and when there is a doctor who can uh, lay on top of a restrained patient and not have their license revoked uh, and just be reprimanded. And then also, you know, a decade later, get a fucking lifetime achievement award from the ISSTD and then be presenting at their conference as well. Like that is absurd. He's presenting at a trauma conference, and he restrained a patient and laid on top of her. And he caused oh, trauma. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't think getting anything from the ISSTD sounds like it's very reputable. They sound like pretty much they're also a bunch of kooks in wax to begin with. Yeah. Well, you know, you're also talking about the same organization that uh, you know had one of the highest honors is getting a an award uh, named after the therapist who treated uh, Sybil. If you guys are familiar, mm-hmm. so this kind of comes back around. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the movie Sybil. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, you know this this woman who went into her therapist and was having all sorts of issues, and this therapist like found this breakthrough, like oh, you have multiple personalities and and all that stuff. So. Uh, fuck. What's her name? I can't remember it off the top of my head. It's uh, Will 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 Wilbur Wilbur. That's the, the uh, that's the horse. Cornelia, uh, Cornelia Cornelia Wilbur. Corn- yeah, she. Yeah, Cornelia she, Wilbur. Yeah, she also. So not only is she she famous for um for uh, being Sybil's uh, therapist, but she also is very famous for, be- for being a co-author in one of the most scathing anti, um, anti-gay anti uh, psychological studies in, in uh, American history. Uh, she, was, she was anti-gay um, and really set back, um, uh, you know, the L- LGBT community uh, for her involvement in that. So the ISSTD 
uh, should not ever be um, disassociated from uh, Cornelia Wilbur, who was anti-fucking gay. Um, She's anti-gay, and and her work with so the the book Sybil. I mean, it was so heavily. Uh, I mean, you know, it was totally de- debunked. And um, you know, you would think that something like that, something just so, you know, so clearly fabricated uh, by any outside source looking in. Um, would, you know, hide away and never, you know, show their, show their face in the light of day again. But no, she, she uh, posthumously has an award named after her and people who go to the ISST, ISSTD conference are awarded these lifetime achievement awards essentially in her name as if it's an honor when really she not only set, you know, like Sarah said, she set back the LGBT community, but, you know, she helped fuel this, this, um, you know, this, this panic, this, um, you know, this narrative of, you know, multiple personality disorder being associated with these, you know, with these satanic cults. I mean, 22 Faces was the same way. Um, and uh, Michelle remembers, I mean, that's, that's the big one that we, that we always uh, cite because it really did. Um, it really did start this, this satanic panic, um, you know, within the mental health field, this, uh, this Dr. Lawrence Pastor, uh, Lawrence Pastor, he, he releases this book called Michelle Remembers. And it's uh, a quote unquote nonfiction tale about his treatment of his, uh, his patient, Michelle, who we ended up marrying, by the hmm. way. Um, and it's, you know, it was about, she comes into the office, she's having all these problems and through repressed memory therapy, um, you know, they, they find out that she's developed all these, per- these, all these personalities because she was satanically ritually abused. That one again was so heavily debunked that like to the, just the most embarrassing level, but he, but nothing ever came of it. He, you know, I think he continued to see patients after that. I mean, it was just, you know, very quietly, but he still, he was still in clinical practice and his wife, Michelle was, um, you know, working with him too. Yeah. And I think also something to highlight within, within a lot of these phenomenons is that um, not often, I, I think it's, it, it's as as frequent as it is not um, that that people who are who are victims of these forms of therapy are are going into treatment for very um, uh, simple things. I think that I think that Michelle went in just for something like depression. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and we have we have reports from from people who were diagnosed with with dissociative identity disorder and then have retract that narrative is that uh, they went in for um, migraines or marriage anxiety. problems, anxiety. anxiety. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, of, of just the, the few that we've, that we've just identified, you know, how many people have gone to, to therapy for those things. And then imagine that if you were to go to, uh, to one of these therapists who didn't know that they held these beliefs, that these really irrational beliefs, um, that they could, their practices could lead you to, to some really dangerous situations that, um, that are unhealthy and, and, uh, and, and counter to a productive mental health care. Well, what's, I don't know. I find the whole idea of, dissociative identity disorder or multiple personalities from everything that I've read says that that's not really a thing. Uh, 
And whenever I bring that up, I'll inevitably have somebody out in the audience on the internet who says, oh, yes, it is. It's definitely a thing. You know, I was diagnosed with it or my friend was diagnosed with it. In fact, it's even mm-hmm. in the DSM. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We know. Yo, go I, ahead. I think, I, well, one thing that I, um, about about DID, formerly known as, as multiple personality disorder, is is that it's a real experience that the patients are having. Um, I, I don't doubt for a second that they believe that they have DID or multiple personality disorders, but what I do doubt, um, is that, uh, is, is the origins of the, of the disorder. I think that any patient or person who believes that they have DID are going through some really traumatic experiences. Um, and I don't think that should be belittled at all. Uh, yeah, well, it- and, and, um, but I also think that, uh, I don't think that it should be ignored that the, the role of the doctor, um, who may be treating those patients is, is leading them to this experience that maybe had they not gone to this therapist, maybe they never would have had that DID experience. Right. And, and that is, that is the key. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and historically I think it's been downplayed. I don't think that the, that the patient experience has been highlighted enough that, that they, it, it doesn't come down to just malingering. People aren't just lying about this. I don't think that people are are lying that they have this disorder. I think that that the majority of the people who have DID, just as any other disorder, that they are they they genuinely feel are experiencing um, these symptoms. But uh, is it symptoms that are from satanic ritual abuse or or trauma, or is it or is it from um, the having uh, traumatic experiences within the mental health field that have led them and coached them to, to having these, these experiences. And I think that it's also really important to, to highlight that just because you've been diagnosed with DID or MPD doesn't mean that you haven't had um, sexual trauma or uh, physical trauma or psychological trauma. Um, I have had conversations with so many people who have retracted their DID narrative and said, I went into therapy and I had been raped or molested or sexually assaulted. And that wasn't enough for my therapist. They wanted me to recover memories of, of, of other traumas and that my legitimate trauma wasn't enough for them. And that's really fucked up. If, if yeah. you, if you can't, if you can't validate actual trauma, uh, and you have to have something that's repressed that it, in, in your therapist's mind, that they don't think that, um, that actual trauma that, that, uh, isn't repressed isn't traumatic enough. Uh, there's a, there's a fucking problem. Well, there are much more uh, objective sciences, objective medical treatments that uh, can be misdiagnosed, uh, something uh, that, that a blood test will, will be maybe inconclusive, but, but is, is a really hard science. And, and, and maybe the first test got it wrong. And, and now you're in a, a very subjective science, uh, a medical uh, 
mental health treatment where somebody has a, a bad idea and they're telling this person who has an issue of 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 what they have and and I think yeah well it's, it seems I, like I th- it's a lot of projection th- on and I think and I think the patient is is very willing to to accept a a diagnosis so that well, they yeah, can, I've, so that they I've can come be, to a professional so right? that I'm they can begin getting better yeah yeah I I think that that's going to be very common and, and and any patient in in a mental health field that is getting a a very severe diagnosis ought to be thinking about a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh I think a second opinion is always good in any in any healthcare uh situation, but oftentimes um oftentimes it's hard and, and mental health care is one of those things that you also have to build a rapport with someone and if you feel comfortable with someone and you've built a rapport with them, sometimes it's harder to question their diagnoses. Uh but I think that uh, I don't think that it falls onto the consumers. I, I, I think, I think what we, what gray faction is doing is, is trying to build, um, build more informed consumers. Definitely. Um, but, uh, this falls, this is a, this is a problem for the APA. This is a problem for mental health organizations who are letting pseudoscience and conspiracy theory run rampant within um, their um, diagnostic statistical manual? Uh, if uh, within within the dissociative disorders um, uh, section of the DSM, um, that is something that highlights um, that highlights uh, uh, possession and um, things like out of body experience and uh alien abduction. <laughs> well well it's not it's not quite in there, but but there's a there's a thin line between uh between uh out of body experiences and and uh possession uh mm-hmm. to to alien abduction and uh and other kind of crazy things and, and one person that I want to highlight is Colin Ross. So uh, if you if you Google Colin A. Ross, you're going to find uh, an abundance of of information on one of his um, his patients who was a victim, uh, Roma Hart, uh, and I mentioned her earlier. And um, but he is presenting um, this year over his um, his his test his survey that he uses for to diagnose um, DID. And, uh, and one part of this survey asks questions about ESP and paranormal experiences. Um, and so it, it's really shocking to me. This is also a guy who, who's written a book about, um, about MK Ultra mm. and um, <laughs> and you know essentially is has some he, he's written a lot about the, like Manchurian Candidate narrative that you, you just like you wonder like how does someone who has a who has a, a doctorate degree like have time to to invest into such foolishness but anyway um <laughs> so so his his survey to to identify dissociative disorders um he says that that this is um it's included in the American Psychiatric Association's handbook of psychiatric measures so he's he, his his questionnaire asks point blank about ritual abuse 
and Paranormal Experiences and ESP. Hey, this is Taylor Grin from GrinandBearInt.com, where we do news, analysis, and commentary, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. As the United States grows, it's profiting off slavery, off the working poor, off immigrants. They even put their own children to work. And how do they justify these atrocities? One word. God. They justify every awful thing they do with the word of God. Which brings us to our missing friend, Father Streza, who's been contaminating minds by spreading religion in his underground church, handing out Bibles like candy. And after all, what poison is more toxic than organized religion? If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Uh, so the APA, the American Psychological or Psychiatric Association, is validating a survey that is inquiring about um, supernatural experiences, um, and we believe that this isn't just as a as a are they experiencing this versus uh, this is a reality. We uh, we genuinely believe that he's probably more leaning towards that. He believes that there is actually people who have ESP um, and the paranormal experiences that they're having are, are, um, Oh, I think we might've lost Sarah. Oh, Oh, you cut out for a second there on us. Did you say I cut out? Yeah. For a second, right at the end of what you were saying there. It seems like well, there Colin might Ross be... is a fucking asshole. That's all I was saying. <laughs> He's a fucking asshole who is who who yeah. I genuinely believe is a lunatic, and I would call him a fucking lunatic to his face. I think that he has done some serious damage to his patients, and he think he, he wrote a book about ritual abuse that is the worst book that I have ever fucking read, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> well, I, I just want to throw <laughs> I just want to throw an atheist angle in here too because I think. Referring to that questionnaire that, uh, you know, where supernatural stuff is validated, obviously in the in a case like this, those stand out as being particularly odd questions, uh, except for... Show me on the doll where the unicorn put his horn. Right. <laughs> well, that, that would even be more odd, maybe, but uh, uh, Dan thinks about these kinds of things. Uh, we just have to ignore him. Uh, but it, but we, we live in a world, though, where supernature is is elevated right it's it, it, it uh fantasy thinking and and magic all have this special place in our society and so it it, it does become a little bit sticky to say well you know we're going to we're going to accept all these thousands of of mental health professionals who want to incorporate spirituality into their um healing program whatever the fuck they call it um so now how do you go back and exclude these other parts that are supernatural, but just maybe a little bit different from the magic that almost all these other guys are doing? You know what I mean? Absolutely. And, and so I think, so I'm, I just want to throw the atheist angle in there by saying that, that we need to just deal with the facts that we have and the, and the 
actual help, get rid of all the magic bullshit, then we don't have to deal with idiots like this who th throw this, you know, ghosts and Manchurian candidates and space Godzilla that you meet at the docks and all that bullshit. You can get that all out of there and just not worry about any of it. But Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, uh, from an atheist perspective and from a skeptical perspective, when you look at, at the DSM, um, and you have such questionable liter, uh, you know, uh, ideas in there, uh, then that begins to bring about questions to, to other, um, other ideas that are probably significantly more validated and that are a lot more helpful to people who have mental health issues. And, um, and it's easy to write off something that has something that's so bullshit in it. You know, it's easy to write off, uh, a, a, a whole book that's, that's the basis of, um, the mental health care structure to, because some, some organization like the ISSTD has pushed for disorders like the, like the dissociative, uh, uh, disorder section to have um, something like possession uh, and experiences of possession as 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 um, being a reliable uh, uh, experience or or symptom to to their to their mental health um, situation and that's like that's also what's also what's really concerning to me um, how many people are are scared scared to go to, to to mental health treatment because they saw on Geraldo Rivera some fucking person 20 years ago talking some bullshit and and mm -hmm. they know that they're still practicing through the ISSTD and and they're scared to go get treated um and that's that's concerning and and I think that's a yeah. part of the issue but um well, yeah and I would say that that's that's sure. a really huge issue I mean when it seems weird to me that the APA itself wouldn't look at things like the ISSTD as being on the fringe and as being harmful to their overall mission of, of actually getting mental health to the people who actually need it. I mean, if somebody yeah. sees shit like the ISSTD and doctors who believe that they're secretly Illuminati and are murdering people and raping them and you know, that they're a Manchurian candidate that if you touch your face in such a way, they'll freak the fuck out while they're at the conference itself. <laughs> and so they'll boot you out if you touch your face. I mean, yeah. to me, that makes the entire enterprise look like shit. It makes mm -hmm. it so that people yeah. would be terrified to go and see a mental health professional because they don't know how badly that person could fuck them up. Right. I mean, as you said, Sarah, I have no doubt that a lot of people who believe that they have DID or or multiple personality disorder, that that's actually what they believe. But how mm -hmm. did they arrive at that belief? I mean, it's, it's not something yeah. that they, you know, they, they believed that they had this and, you know, that they had never heard anything about it before that they believe that they have more than one person living inside them. And so they go and try to get that fixed, right? Every case that I've ever heard or, or seen anywhere, it's that somebody had, some other mental health issue, they go into a, into somebody who they hope or think is going to be able to fix them. And instead they come out even more broken than before. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. it's, yeah. I mean, from the, from the patient perspective, it's, um, you know, it's exactly that because 
you know, the people who aren't afraid to go and get help, they they do, they they seek this treatment, and they trust that this person is going to give them the best possible care. And, you know, it's, it's how you would approach any situation like that, whether that's mental health, or, you know, physical health, if you had to go to a surgeon, if you had to go to a specialist, if you had to go to your general practitioner, I mean, these are people that, you know, they, they go to school, they're trained, and you and you trust in the system to train them, um, you know, to the best of their ability to give you care. And so, you know, but it's, a, but it's especially frightening um, when you're in a delicate mental state and you have these issues and you are trying to find the answers to them. If you go in for depression, anxiety, if you're just having these issues and you're trying to figure out, well, what, you know, you know, what's the basis of this? Like, how can I get better? Um, so you're fragile, you're putting your trust into these people. And then for them to tell you, well, the the, the reason that you're experiencing all these, um, upsets, the reason you're feeling so low, the reason you're having these outbursts, um, is because when you were, you know, five years old, your parents sold you a tissuit to a satanic cult and they made you watch babies get eaten and you were, you know, sexually abused for years. I mean, at some point, you just, you, you, I mean, if you're not overly medicated, which has been the case for a lot of these patients that have come out um, against their therapist saying that, the, you know, this is what's happened to them, if they're not heavily medicated, they, you know, there's a certain point where you're like, well, they said they were experts. And that's, and that's a, there, that is a common theme that we hear from these, from these victims is they say, they said they were the experts. Mm-hmm. They said that, you know, they, they knew this to be true. There was evidence and that, you know, that this explains everything that I'd been going through. And so, you know, I mean, you, you can't, you can't blame them for putting their trust in these people. You know, they're not to blame, you know, it's the therapists that are to blame. Exactly. And, um, you know, and, and so that's, I, that's why we feel so strongly about what we're doing because, you know, from a satanic perspective, we absolutely do want to denounce this idea that there are satanic cults in existence that go around murdering babies and, and, and you know, and, and, you know, doing these, you know, baby farms and, and, you know, ritualistically sexually abusing people. You know, we, we have a lot of self-interest in that, obviously, but, um, but moreover, outside of ourselves, we feel that, um, you know, it's our, it's our job, it's our duty, um, you know, we're kind of ethically bound to, you know, bring this into light. It doesn't just affect us and, you know, how it, you know, affects the public perception of Satanists, but how it's affecting these innocent people who just want medical care. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's it, it's on those assholes. Fuck those guys forever. <laughs> and, and you know what? Fuck the APA as well because yeah, they've the APA has been just a perpetuator of a bunch of bullshit against LGBT um, individuals over the years, and um, and I see this as nothing other than um, than uh, a a religiously charged. Uh, narrative within um, a self-proclaimed scientific um, field that uh, that is is harmful. You know, uh, it wasn't too long ago that uh, that being gay was was within the the DSM, and and being a trans person was a diagnosis 
Um, and, and there are still people who are practicing today who holds, who holds similar views to that and mm -hmm. who were, who were perpetuating those, those, um, those ideologies and those diagnoses. So when, and, and going back to what was said earlier, uh, when, when people say, well, when there's questions brought, brought against, uh, DID and MPD, uh, well, it's in the DSM. Well, fuck the DSM. It's been, it's been, um, a huge catalyst for, for junk science. And, um, and if they aren't able to, uh, to be, uh, perpetuators of good science, uh, that is, um, sound and skeptical and, um, and, and culturally appropriate, uh, then, then fuck them. Well, yeah, and, I mean, the, and that fits yeah. with our best scientific understanding of the world around us, right? If, if they're going right. to include all of this other stuff that really doesn't make any sense, they need to provide a basis as to why yeah. it would be in there or yeah. they need to get, fucking get rid well, of it. Well, and, and realize, and realize that all these people are citing each other's sources. I mean, that's another thing when we, when we look into these therapists and when we look into these organizations, we, we're also reading a lot, a lot of the stuff that's coming out, you know, the, 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 we're, we're looking for the evidence for it, right? So we, we find all these articles, these, you know, these published um, works um, in support of this idea of uh, DID being, a, you know, linked to SRA, mind control, stuff like that. Um, but what you find is that they're all sourcing each other. So, you know, you go to the end of a, you go to the end of the article, you go to the end of the, the, the paper and you have to cite your sources. Well, guess what? Every single one of them, they're, they're sourcing each other. It's so incestuous. And, and that's the other part of the problem is that there's information coming out. Or if outside researchers are trying to look at the phenomena, if you look at their sources, they're citing these, you know, these people as, you know, be like, oh, well, this is how we, we support our outside analysis of the existence of this. Um, so, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of harm in that. So, you know, not only are we looking at, you know, the quackery, but we're also we're also trying to say, see, you know, is there any evidence to support this? Is there anything that we can find that would maybe, you know, change our minds? But, you know, all we're finding is that, no, there isn't, you know, I mean, um, it's just a bunch of people who are, it's, it's a circle jerk. Honestly, it's just a fucking circle jerk. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's really, shitty peer really, reviewing. Really? Uh, I, <laughs> Uh, a, a candid confession. Um, really, I was a part of the circle jerk. Um, I, I, I went into, um, I, I, I went into, um, my undergrad for psychology and, and was really impassioned by the dissociative disorders, um, field. And, and that, um, was something that, uh, you know, my, uh, my community wasn't very skeptical of, and, and when you're a kid going into, going into your undergrad and your, um, your idols within your community, within your educational community are, are sharing things, um, that they aren't critical of, uh, sometimes it's hard to be critical of, of the people who you look up to and, uh, and it took me a long time within within my undergrad to to really uncover um, 
the genuine skepticisms of the dissociative disorder field. So I'm very sympathetic to someone who is in, um, who is in the, the mental health field, who, who holds these ideologies. Um, But I am not at all sympathetic or forgiving to, um, to the harm that's been caused. And, um, and, that's where that's where we stand. We're we are we are not lenient um, uh, to um, any of the any of the practices that that have harmed patients. Um, you, you know, when you have uh, a, an autistic child who is a victim um, of a narrative that um, that was undoubtedly perpetuated by mental health professionals. You think about his, his mother, her murder, who murdered him. How many times, how many mental health professionals did she encounter prior to murdering him? Mm-hmm. When you look at the, when you look at the case, she encountered a lot. And, 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 uh, why wasn't there some preventative measures taken, um, to protect her child? Uh, and and we feel it's it's because they they believed the narrative that she believed and um and that's fucked you know and and <laughs> we don't want to prevent that we you know we yeah. want to see some some change. Well, I'm glad you that you brought that all up and and going uh, to your undergrad and everything. Um, one of the questions that I had for you, Sarah, was uh, what. You know, what made you so passionate about this? And I'm sure our listeners are going to be wondering, what are your bona fides for being director of Gray Faction? Yeah, uh, I have I have a lot of a lot of reasons why this became a a passion. Um, I have a a personal experience um, that I've already been been droning on enough that you probably don't want to hear too in depth about, (laughs) but, uh, you know, I have, I have a personal experience that, um, that led me to, to be so, so passionate about the dissociative disorders, um, field and, and, uh, the satanic panic narrative. Um, I mean, I, I genuinely believed, um, going into my undergrad, there was, there was an satanic organized, um, uh, cult that that was murdering and, and raping and there was you know hundreds of thousands if not millions of people who had been murdered uh, and and I say that with with uh, with my heart on my sleeve and uh, and when I was I was taking a forensic psychology class um, and it it something that you can be so passionate about and then uh and then learn the opposite about um about the real science of memory and about the real science um uh behind a lot of a lot of these techniques uh that guided me to to really begin to um to question and and that question was was fueled by by anger that i that i lived so many years just just uh unskeptically following uh the people that i trusted um which is which uh looking back i i have you know i i'm glad that the way that the cards fell 
that it's been that way that that I, I found out the way that I did. Um, but it it was something that was that was really um, I don't know, it was it was life changing. It was something that I, I wanted to be a, a mental health professional and 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 to to uncover that there is so much pseudoscience within the mental health field. Um, it questioned if I wanted to be associated with that. This this is awesome and amazing. I I feel like I could spend the rest of the night talking to you both about all of this. Uh, but I mean, we've already kept you almost an hour past the hour that you, you said you were available. Um, I just this is so fascinating to me, and I appreciate everything that you that you're doing uh, as as part of this. What can our listeners do to help, or what should where should they go for more information? What can they do to to assist in this effort? Yeah, so uh, listeners can go to grayfaction.org, uh, gray with an E, and um, or they can go to the Satanic Temples uh, website and, and find our campaign. Um, we are we are looking for people who are impassioned by by this phenomenon, and that there, if anyone who is interested in providing their um, their skills um, to, to help us um, in, in our, our mission um, to, to bring about change. And then uh, we, we also want them to know and, and to stay tuned that we, um, we are not going to sit apathetically on the sidelines as um, the ISSTD uh, hold uh, conferences with uh, continuing education credits uh, on such bullshit um, pseudoscience and supernatural narratives that um, we feel are dangerous. And so uh, we want everyone to know and to stay tuned that we will be at the ISSTD conference and, uh, and we have a lot to, um, to unveil from now until then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they can also, they can also follow us on social media as well. We do have a Facebook page. We do have a Twitter um, we do have a YouTube. Um, definitely check out the YouTube as well because there are a lot of videos uh, linked there. And, um, you know, if they want more information, um, yeah, those are really good resources as well. Um, greatfaction.org, um, she mentioned before, but um, if you're curious about any of the people we've mentioned tonight, there are write-ups of the of the things that, you know, of the things that these people have done, um, case studies, um, you know, all the, all the sources are linked, everything like that. So you can really truly understand what it is we're talking about and why we think these people are so dangerous and, you know, their, their links to the ISSTD or, you know, how they're propagating the shit in the, um, you know, in the, in the field. But also another thing that people can do is, if they know someone or if they themselves have their own story and, you know, we don't, we never release information. We, you know, we keep everything confidential, but you know, if you've had this experience or you know, somebody that is, um, you know, been a victim of this terrible uh, therapy that's, that's, you know, harmed them or, you know, those they love, you know, please reach out. You know, we, you know, we, we don't want to necessarily, um, you know, you know, put everyone's stories out in the limelight. But, it, you know, if there is if there is a therapist, if there's a mental health professional or a social worker, or if you know of, um, you know, anyone in the 
um, you know, any other kind of like a social service that, that propagates this bullshit, you know, we, we want to know where we're constantly seeking that information because we know there are so many, but we also know there are so many more that we don't know about. So definitely share with us. It's always confidential. Um, you know, you can get a hold of us at, at you know, greatfashion.org. There's a place where you can, you know, email us. Fantastic. Well, thank you both so much for showing up tonight. This is Honestly, uh, I'm I'm happier that we get to speak to you both tonight than Lucian because this has been fantastic. I this has been <laughs> awesome. I I've, I've never had the chance to speak to Sarah before, and Shalice, it's always wonderful to be able to speak with you. Also, uh, is yeah, there I always any- miss you guys? <laughs> <laughs> we miss you terribly. Uh, is there anything else that you guys would like to say before we end? No, thank you very much. Yeah, just thank you, and uh, and uh, we look forward to. Uh, to hearing how how everyone responds to uh to gray factions actions <laughs> this has been so awesome thank you both so so yeah. much i have one final thank question you. oh matt's yeah, got one that? final question i just wonder what's a good therapist to do if they just want to tie down a patient and plank on them for a while <laughs> 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 Fuck. Yeah, we're all wondering. <laughs> oh, no, I can't plank my patients anymore. No, I can't plank my patients. Well, I know one person not to ask on uh, on that, and that's uh, that's Paul Dell. You just can't. <laughs> Don't ask that guy. Yeah. He doesn't have the secret on how to plank a patient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, again, thank you both so much for coming on. This has been awesome. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank Thank you. you. Thank you for your time. Hi, this is Megan Kennedy. I'm a speaker with the Satanic Temple. You can find me on Twitter at Six Moments, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution. Religion is the crazy story that it's okay with you to believe in, you know? It's okay for me to believe my my religious story. Everybody else's religious story is a cult. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Your God is real. All the other gods are silly made-up nonsense, but not yours. That's right. That's, that's why my God is greater than every other God. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. How fucking awesome are they? Yeah, I like them. I like them both very, very much. I've, I've never met Sarah before. I've never, I've never, I don't know that I've heard her name before, but she's so cool. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. That was that was awesome. I thoroughly enjoyed the whole discussion, man. Hearing yeah. hearing all about that, like it's it's fascinating to me that an organization such as the APA, who already has some stigma surrounding it because of different people's beliefs about mm-hmm. mental health issues and how much you know head shrinks. And and mind doctors actually can help somebody that they would allow this kind of shit to go on if they're if they're trying to be taken seriously as an organization and a school of thought toward increasing the mental health of everybody that they would allow this kind of shit to happen. I don't think they are trying to be taken seriously. I think they have the market on the sort of board certification type aspect. I don't think there are many competing uh, entities, and I don't think that... So if you've got a monopoly on it, you're just like, eh, fuck yeah, it, what right. are you going to do? It's uh, money. I, I'm, I'm kind of reminded by uh, 
Rand Paul, who uh, <laughs> you know went to ophthalmology school but never got board certified. I don't know if it was because he didn't want to or he failed tests, failed out of it, started his own board of ophthalmology. So if you it's don't- kind of like King James. Kind, well, yeah, it's kind of like a different <laughs> version of the Bible. It's, so if if I start an organization saying that I'm uh, or or I'm going to certify who is or is not an authority on a certain subject, now now I'm I'm the only one that qualifies it. That's that's not exactly based in science. It's not based in in, in any real objective measures. It's based on on uh, what I decide based on who's giving me money, uh, yeah. where my own priorities lie. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I wonder some of the issue with that is they're they're collecting money from these people that have to renew a license through them, and why would you want to cut out a large portion of people who send mm-hmm. money to you when their licenses are due? Yeah. yeah, and there's also the there's also the whole angle that uh, you know humans are ridiculously terrible at accurately judging themselves and how they appear. Um, yeah, vastly overestimating all the positive qualities and underestimate underestimating their negative ones. So they may not even know that they look this terrible. And also, you know, if they believe that stuff, they don't think it's bad. Like, look at the Discovery Institute that wants to yeah. look credible in science. <laughs> for with looking adorable. Right, <laughs> right, but they think they're right. You know what I mean? Like, Kent Hovind thinks he's fucking right, uh. and he doesn't think he looks like an idiot. Yeah, he you still puts I mean? dinosaurs those... in a fucking ark. <laughs> right, so. That's Ken Ham. Oh, Ken Hovind, Ken Hovind, Ken Ham, yeah. <laughs> there, there are too many Kens that are dipshits. Wait, which Hovind? Ho- well, one Kent. of the Hovind was in in jail, right? Kent. That, w- that was that Kent. was Daddy Hovind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not Eric. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, they don't they don't realize how stupid they look. You mm-hmm. know. Do they? Don't they? No. I, come well, on. <laughs> I, I think they have. I think they have so many so, so yeah. many people who are even dumber than they are who look up to them and they're like, yeah. this yeah. guy's so smart and intelligent and he knows just what God tells me. Well, he does all the thinking, so I don't have to. Yeah. And why would they send me all this money if I was stupid? And they would, <laughs> and they would say the same thing about us. Like we're ignoring all of this evidence from all Kent Hovind's videos that I've seen. <laughs> oh yeah, so many times. Yeah. You know what I mean? True. They, he doesn't. True. I don't even know how stupid I look to them. Right. So. Well, it, 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 I guess it, it seems to me that they just haven't bothered to take the time to examine what other people are saying about them, or 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 what other people, what people on the other side are saying. They've. St- Strictly limited limited themselves to their own little bubble, mm-hmm. and that's it. They haven't explored any line of thought or reasoning or views outside of their own. Which is also strange for humans. Yeah. They're so not prone to echo chambers. <laughs> <laughs> is that what sets good thinkers apart, is that they want to hear all of the arguments on all sides yes. and then... Largely. Come to- <laughs> yeah, considering considering evidence and weighing it out. Yeah, I think so. And, and, and I think wanting to be right regardless of what you want to be right, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, like what, what Sarah was saying, that, that she, in, in, during her undergrad, she believed in all of these dis- different uh, dissociative ID, ID uh, stuff. And it didn't, <sighs> it didn't pan out and so she decided like this is not is not accurate it's it's uh the, the people are not being skeptical enough people are not uh being based in science and reality enough or or objective measurements uh you know the scientific method 
to the degree that we can employ the scientific method for mental health uh, measurements. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going to say, it, I, I made that little gasp when you first started talking. It was because I thought, fuck, that was the question I had in my mind. Like, one of the few things that I didn't write down was, you know, what was what was the turning point for her? What was oh, the key yeah. thing that, mm. you oh, you know, that, that, that triggered it? Yeah. What, what was it that made her change her mind completely on it, this? You it know, was, what, how, why did she do a 180 on it? it, it not to speak for her, but it's probably just like most people when they have a change of heart. It, it's, there may have been that one piece that broke the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back, mm. but it, it was an aggregation. It, you can't, yeah. You it, can't necessarily you know, point to the it, exactly, it was yeah. this thing right here. Yeah. It, yeah. it was, or at least most people. There can. were just too many things, uh, that didn't make sense and you, and you had to let go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's rare that I ask somebody who was previously very, very religious or, you know, very whatever before and they've totally changed their views on something. To say, well, what was it that made you change your mind? It's always, well, it was, you know, a, a whole snowball down a hill kind of thing mm -hmm. that it just, it all just kept <laughs> piling up and piling up. And eventually one day you just let it go. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, they may be able to point to one thing that, you know, toward the end of their journey out of whatever particular belief they can say, this is probably the thing that pushed me over the edge. But honestly, before that, there was a ton of other stuff. It's pretty rare that I speak to anybody and they're like, Oh, I was a full-on believer until I heard this one thing, and that was it for me. Like that—that yeah. that changed my life. This one little thing, mm -hmm. and that—that's happened maybe once or twice in talking to people, but it's pretty rare. Most for yeah. most people, it is a. It's it's the cumulative effect of all of the doubts that they've had about yeah. it forever, yeah. Yeah. and we're afraid to admit, and then it just it gets it gets to be too much. Like mm -hmm. it's you're too busy. And too consumed with trying to maintain the narrative that you want to believe versus what you can point to as being probably correct, but something I don't want to have to admit. Hi, this is Thomas Westbrook, and I have a YouTube channel called Holy Kool-Aid, where I take topics and I break them down in five or ten minute videos, trying to give a laser-focused perspective on religion, philosophy, and science. And you are listening to the Godless Revolution podcast. Oh, Why yeah. don't you like Tolkien? I don't understand. Because it's nonsense. It's fantasy. What do you mean? Like, what's wrong with nonsense? Well, Does everything have to be true to you? Okay, I'm a Catholic. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome aboard. So I won the debate. So I won the you debate. Win. If nonsense is okay, I'm in. Okay, good. <laughs> and I can drink as much red wine as I want. Right. Because it's not wine anymore. It's not wine anymore. I'm absolutely off my f on the blood of Christ. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. So, I've been depressed probably since puberty. Uh, and I've just kind of dealt with it. And just been... I think I use uh, being serious about things, or being, you know, uh, as as, or maybe even sarcastic about things, as kind of like a mask. This is just how how I am. Mm. It was mostly uh, kind of dead inside. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I I find I, I I've tried two different um, uh, antidepressants, and the the second one is Prozac, and I finally got it dialed in, and. Oh my God, it's like I've been, I'm almost a new person. Yeah. 
it's kind of freaky. Really? Yeah. Um, so then now uh, it, it had been months and I'm on this and I'm feeling great. But I'd also fixed some shit in my life. I had, yeah. I, I had gotten out of some relationships that weren't really working out for me. And so I was just feeling good. And I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's just all of this. And, um, I'm just going to stop taking the, uh, the Prozac for a little while and just to just see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I didn't need it. Maybe it was just life and circumstances. Mm-hmm. And, Correlation. Yeah. And about two weeks in, I wake up one morning. And I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> no, and it was just that feeling of, oh, I got to go through this shit again. Another fucking day, God. And I'm like, oh, 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 yeah, those drugs were working. Because <laughs> nothing else had changed. Yeah. Like, it, I had just gone to sleep one night and I woke up and all the, basically the the last dregs of the serotonin were gone. And now I'm just, just like, what the- why am I here? Like, what's I don't, I don't care for this. <laughs> Turn into a nihilist overnight. <laughs> no, I didn't turn into a nihilist until just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> no, that's it's so funny, man. Uh, <laughs> nihilism. I I didn't. Nihilism. Uh, I, I, I just, I felt good about not, uh, about their not, nothing mattering. Mm-hmm. If, if that makes, I mean, that's, it's counterintuitive, but the same, the same way that I felt when, when I finally accepted religion or not religion, uh, when I accepted <laughs> atheism was that I have, uh, nothing to die for. I have everything to live for. Mm. Uh, and I accepted that while depressed. I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta struggle through this because I know I've, I've had glimmers of happiness. I've had glimmers of hope. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And when, when I kind of got the idea of, of nihilism, like I had kind of avoided it for a long time because, oh, I believe in nothing. Oh, I don't know. Nothing's important. I don't necessarily believe that, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pro union. Uh, you know, I try to buy local. I try to, uh, feed, uh, the local economy. I try to, try to help people. Um, and it's impossible. You're conscientious. It's so impossible to do it right all the time. And so I'm just like beating myself up over it. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking weak. I'm a sellout. Uh, I'm an imperfect ally for all these people. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm just, just thinking like, oh, no, God, it, it doesn't even matter. Like, even though uh this uh this this cell phone is made by tiny hands in Malaysia they're all going to die one day i'm going to die one day uh their life didn't mean anything in the scope of the pale blue dot hurling through space like fuck it i and i can't help them necessarily what's this going to matter in 10 years <laughs> Nothing. No, in a hundred years, none of this will. I'm like, okay, I can, I can swallow that, and it just kind of helped because <laughs> I've been feeling bad about everything for a while. I can see that. I get that. I get where you're coming from. I got some strong nihilistic streaks in me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't, and I hadn't really. I'd been wanting to. Uh, not acknowledge nihilism for a while. I'm like, now, nah, even though there's no God, even though there's no necessarily purpose or divine anything, you know, 
things have to matter or I wanted things to matter, but kind of they don't. I mean, they matter to me in this life right now, but. There's kind of there's kind of a pushback against nihilism and atheism in within the atheist movement because it's such a common right. thing to hear from Christians, right? Well, well, then if there's no God, then none of this matters, right. and then we have to counter that by saying, well, our family matters, or, you know, blah, mm-hmm. blah. and so we're, we there's this pushback against nihilism, mm-hmm. um, but in my mind, that's for the sake of telling the stupid idiot fucking Christians that atheism doesn't mean that everything's worthless, but it really is. <laughs> right, <laughs> but we're not. I'm not willing to give them that. Yeah, no. That's di- <laughs> that's difficult. <laughs> I I understand the appeal of nihilism, and and really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, and like you said, our our tiny pale blue dots spinning through the vast oh, this gigantic rocky planet we live on you mean <laughs> <laughs> compared to no, I know, I know. compared to the universe as a whole it's like we're yeah, fucking yeah. completely insignificant yeah oh, yeah yeah so mm-hmm. but but you guys matter to me right yeah. for now <laughs> well uh, yeah i I've, I've come up with this term and i've had it for actually longer than uh i've uh, you know, accepted nihilism, uh, but after atheism, mm. and I don't know, it, it, you know, it could I could have heard it somewhere and, and it just latched on. So I'm, I'm not necessarily taking credit for it, but uh, the the idea that um that being happy and finding things that matter uh, is a matter of being selflessly selfish, uh, so that I I help people so that they, you know, that they're that. They stay in my life, that they're nice to me, that, that that there's a back and forth, that I have relationships, you know, because if you're a dick, nobody wants to be around you. And mm. if nobody wants to be around you, you're kind of like lonely and then nothing really matters. So, you know, if you want happiness, uh, it's it's and and, you know, being selfish in itself can be bad. But if you're selflessly selfish, you do things to help people in order to increase your own happiness. Is that bad? Is that is that well, selfish? Well, uh, no, I think I think that's uh, that's a that's a positive way to to make the world go around, <laughs> make your world go around. Well, yeah, I think you touched on something that I've thought about for quite a while. Is that there's no what did he such... touch on, Dan? <laughs> well, just that there's no such thing as true altruism, right? Right? There's no uh, clearly, yeah. Nobody, nobody. Have you, have you met a human? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like people can say, oh, you know, I'm doing this for altruistic reasons. I don't have to, but I'm being nice to these people because I just want to be nice to them and they need some help or whatever. And it's like, okay, but how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I feel good about it. Oh, okay. So really you're not doing it yeah. just to help these other people. It also makes you feel good. I would say that's the primary reason. And the secondary yeah. reason is the good the gift will do. Yeah. We're all selfish. Well, so th- there's that, and then on the flip side, there's the uh, you know the, the, it's the it's the carrot and, and the stick, right? So the the carrot is oh, helping this person makes me feel better. Okay, so that's not true altruism. But then there's the stick. So uh, personally, I've I volunteered for the uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters program, mm-hmm. and I hated it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you didn't I, like I, your big brother? Uh, I, I didn't <laughs> like my little brother. Yeah, I didn't like my little. Uh, and I don't know if my little liked me. Uh, but I did it for the, for the, for the year. Yeah. And the only reason I kept doing it was because 
if I knew that if I didn't, I'd hate myself. So yeah. that that's it. Sure. That's it. I hated doing the program. I tr- I tried real hard and but there was I think the the kid had issues and I was not prepared to deal with it. Uh and it, it was not it was not enjoyable at all. I never felt good about it. Uh I I <laughs> never fucking kids, man. Oh man, it was so hard. <laughs> but no, I and I and I and somebody would say, "Oh, well that's that's altruistic." I'm like I didn't do it to to be good or anything. I did it so that I didn't hate myself because I said I was going to do something and I just I, I needed not to lie to myself. That that yeah. was it. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily because I would have felt bad if this kid did whatever it was. I would no. have felt bad yeah. about myself. Yeah, it had oh. nothing to do with the shitty kid. It no. had to do with no, that, me not feeling that, shitty. Yeah. That yeah. shitty yeah. kid was going to have uh, a weird life, no matter what I would. No matter what part I played in it, he yeah. was. He was going to have a rough one. Yeah. How old was he? <laughs> he was 14 and he kind of acted um probably I mean I I don't have a whole lot of experience with kids but I know that when I was 14 I was I had a a lot more uh awareness about the world and mm. and and interests and more wherewithal. Yeah. He 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 seemed like he had like the the attributes of a much younger child. I couldn't mm. say how much younger, but underdeveloped. Oh yeah, immature. Ye- oh, oh, like emotionally oh, stunted. Yeah. And yeah, and, and physically, <laughs> all synonyms. He, yeah, all he wasn't. He wasn't very large either. I mean, he was um, just like a midget. He was <laughs> no, no, he was a full size kid, but it's definitely not a midget. That was a good callback. <laughs> that was good. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Lloyd Evans. I'm a former Jehovah's Witness. I'm the author of The Reluctant Apostate and senior editor of JWSurvey.org. And you are listening to The Godless Revolution. I'm your handsome white Jesus, motherfucker. You and The Godless Revolution will be reassimilated in three, two, one. What's uh, Element Eleven? It's the Utah's regional Burning Man event. Yeah, uh, so it's it's a it's a sanctioned bunch Burning of Man stinky event. fucking hippies out there doing drugs. Kinda. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Oh, but we we camped right next to this this uh, group from Idaho that uh, that made this giant um, yeti. This this mechanical yeti. It's probably thirty feet t- well twenty at least twenty feet tall. Using like pulleys and cables and shit, and like uh-huh. garbage cans carved into hands and shit. It was this big ass yeti on a <laughs> on a go kart that they were driving around. It was so fucking. That's it, awesome. It took them like two days to to put together, but then they started driving it around at night. It was. <laughs> I you know I had no intent. Uh, I had no desire to ever go to a Element Eleven or Burning Man or anything, but I was. Was bored, and I had nothing to do. And uh, my buddy just said, "Hey, uh, my girlfriend can't go to Element Eleven. I got another ticket. You want to go?" I'm like, yeah, well, "I, I, I literally have no reason that I have to that I, I, I have no reason to say no to this." So I went. <laughs> that was it. That was the only reason. I'm like, I'm in a good enough headspace that I don't have any excuses not to go. It was fun. Yeah, they look like they would be entertaining. 
Like I could go, Tracy would fucking not ever in a million years go. Oh, I had just had my camper. Uh-huh. And uh, so I, I had just bought the camper. And so like I had running water. I was showering every morning. <laughs> so it was perfect. Yeah. There's like, I could go and just rough it. There's no way she'd in a million years, even in a trailer, like, because there'd be other people yeah. there. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't go if I didn't have a, might have my camper. Yeah. No way. If I couldn't shower, it's fucking, it's a fucking just sandy ass desert and no way. Yeah. Well, thank you all very much for listening. We're going to be moving into the Patreon portion of the show here momentarily. Uh, I don't know how clean this, this little break will be because oh we make it's gonna be clean it's gonna be awesome because I'm a fucking amazing fucking yeah. audio editor it's gonna be so you don't clean. know the it's magic so, I do so clean clean in my office uh <sighs> it's I, I I actually I'm fucking, pretty fucking, happy about the shit that I do for editing the show because fucking magic man it sounds good and I put good funny things in there and I think I do pretty good breaks and stuff and I've I've helped other shows with yeah. their audio but. Before we go into the Patreon portion of the show, I want to make sure that we thank all of the wonderful Patreon patrons who make the show possible for all of you. You should all thank them as well. That would be Michelle Short, Christy Kalbach, Camille Boroski, Newmania. I wonder who that guy is. Hmm. <laughs> who knows? Alan Firth, Gatheist, Larry Wilson, Dr. Dan, Matt's boss from the 2SC podcast, to whom we pledge loyalty and still need to do something to yes. Get back at them for I still have idea. their cheekiness. Yeah. Uh, Janet Uter, let them eat kafefi. Stephen Andrus, Marius Kot Butrakowski, Rob Otto, Utah Outcasts, Tim Jacobson, Matt Tuller, Megan Kennedy, Andrew Vodapich, Randy Hamrick, Jeremy Goodson, Angelica Pearson, Wes Aaron, The Purple Dragon, Mr. Grant Larimer, and Taylor Grin. Thank you all very much. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, there's exciting things in the coming down the pike, or the pike? pipe. Oh, it, 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 apparently they're interchangeable. You can oh. say pike or pipe. I've caught a pike, never caught a pipe. Uh, have you ever been on a pike way on a pike on a road? Been on, on a turnpike. Turnpike. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've been on a turnpike. Coming down the yeah, and yeah. I usually say pipe. I said pike just then. Yeah. I don't know why. But it's also a fish. Yeah. Well, uh, with do they have teeth? Yeah, oh, yeah they, they got sure teeth. do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're sharp. Big nasty. Fangy fucking <laughs> fuck you up teeth. <laughs> uh, but thank you all very much for contributing to the show. If you would like to become a Patreon patron, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash godless revolution. And there you can pledge as little as $1 per episode and get all kinds of fancy goodies from us like bonus content, uh, longer episodes, uncut stuff. We do stuff for our patrons every now and then. Sometimes I just notice somebody who's done something for the show and I'll send them a present because uh, I have a bunch of shit laying around the house that, <laughs> that I'd rather give to a wonderful listener than take to Deseret Industries and have the Mormons <laughs> sell it to some other Mormon You don't guy. give to DI, do you? Uh, sometimes because it's the easiest. <sighs> but uh, where else would I, where else do I take all Goodwill, of my Goodwill, Savers, yeah. any of the non-Mormon for-profit. That yeah. they take all their scammed money that they don't pay taxes on and build a for-profit business with that gets free donations, and they can make I, money off of that too. They those can I can assholes. I use those other locations as a tax write-off also? Yes, I'm yes. sure. Yeah. Oh, fucking all right, all right. Yeah. Well, then yeah, I'll start doing that. It's just I I don't know, I I guess I've never 
put much thought into it other than there's a tax write-off. Yeah. Here you go. I think any donation counts. It can be used. You're the fucking IRS guy. What do you have? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just write a code for it. Well, it has to be to a charity. And so I don't, I mean, it savers a charity? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, start doing that then. Way more than the fucking Mormon church would be, right? Well, yeah. As we learned the other week, I mean, legally speaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, The Big Brothers and Big Sisters teams up with Savers. So when you donate to Savers or or the the Big Brothers, uh, Big Sisters program, uh, Savers takes that and pays by the pound to uh, Big Brothers, Mm. Big Sisters. Mm. Remember, that was what uh, Summer was saying. Yeah, but we're in America. We use dollars. True, <laughs> true, true. The dollars will get returned. Uh, okay, know. okay. Uh, they will be exchanged uh, from pounds to dollars. Okay, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all very much for listening. And so until next week, crucify those fucking stupid people who are fucking with your brain who don't know what they're doing. Leave a review to achieve your second personality. Mm-hmm. And plank the show five times a day toward Mecca. <laughs>
And also, it's Matt's birthday. Yeah. Today. Happy birthday, Matt. You get to spend it with a bunch of sickness. I love it for you. Which is awesome. And fuck you, Dan. <laughs> um, I just am, I, I think once you're older than 12, it should, you shouldn't have a, hey, everybody celebrate me day, especially for something that everyone else is also doing every year. My birthday is on April Fool's Day, so it's always uh, like really nice uh, because people when so it's when more, people it's more ask of a me, joke. It's a joke, <laughs> and then also a mystery because people don't believe me, and I fucking love it. <laughs> I think you should definitely inc- include me calling Lucian Greaves a jive turkey. That's where you gotta keep it. Yeah, the jive turkey. That's my new ringtone. Yeah, tell, yeah. <laughs> tell him that, you know, shuck that jive. Shuck yep. that jive. Woohoo! <laughs> you have to leave that woohoo in there. You gotta leave it in there. That was that was gold. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hi, this is Shalise Blythe with the Satanic Temple. Oh, fuck, I've already fucked it up. <laughs> this is this is Shalise Blythe with the Satanic Temple and the owner of the most epic eye roll on the Jim Jeffrey show. <laughs> I kind of wish we had a camera recording because the first beer that Ryan handed me exploded <laughs> on me. Oh, no. That's why we were laughing. I was like, oh, shit. So I, I'm really excited for for this. Um, I uh, from from what uh, told me, um, you know, you guys are, are pretty well versed in, in what we're um, what we're doing 
Which organization are you guys with again? <laughs> <laughs>